0: Thank you both. We're joined now by Patty LaPierre, crime victim advocate. I, I told you earlier before the break about Jason Williams and missing the deadline. Um, how you doing, Patty? Tell me a little bit about your work.
1: Hi, Tommy. Hi. Thank Hi. you. Doing well, thanks. Well, um, I have just been, um, for the last few years, as I was a victim once myself or twice and learned how hard it was, you know, years ago to navigate the system if you're not you know, familiar with law and just being a regular citizen and um, just got involved with by word of mouth with people asking me, you know, people who are victims of crimes asking me how, how can they, you know, make a difference? How can they find out more about their case? So I don't know, just evolved into helping victims because especially right now, victims don't have anyone right now to help them through the system.
0: Do you have an organization or are you a one lady band?
1: Well I do not have an organization. I just do this really. I just have people reaching out by word of mouth or um, no. And I, I've learned about different organizations that that are, are you know helping victims in other ways um, but pretty much doing this on my own.
0: I don't want to go into, I don't want to, uh, I'm fumbling for words here. Patty, I don't want to violate your privacy at all, uh, and I don't want you to talk about what crimes you were a victim of, but I would like to hear what kind of problems you had, if you can tell me that without violating your confidence or your privacy, um, what kind of problems you had with the system, and how long ago was this? And I'm just trying to establish a time frame is what I'm doing. Well...
1: Really, the problems with the system are just really in the last – that I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, I was navigating them just because people didn't know that, that you were supposed to um, be notified of uh, when the victim – when the suspect was arrested or um, when their hearing was. In the last couple of years – I have seen that victims are really left in the dark about anything, whether or not there's um, – if there is an arrest, if the person has bonded out, um, when the next case is, uh, that, that, they're, you know, that they're important because victims are the key in the criminal justice system. They're one of the components that without the victim knowing their rights and being available, um, you, don't, you can't prosecute the case. And so it's really been, the problem has really been magnified. Um, and, you know, in the last couple of years, specifically last year with all the carjackings that were going on that started last January, um, it's, it's been difficult, I think, for the victims to, to get, get involved in their case. So and kept up, kept up on a timely basis.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. So you're a one-person lady. You don't really have an organization, I presume. You help a lot of people, or or you have an, uh, enough people coming to you? Numerous people.
1: Enough, and you know, I've I have met with um, Voices of Victims in the last couple of months. I'd say the end of last year, I found out there's an organization called Voices of Victims. So I have um, had support from. The, the organizer of that organization and um, and then she introduced me to another woman named Rose Preston who was a victim. Her husband and mother in law were murdered about twenty years ago and she has written a book on survivors of crime and coping with the aftermath of violence. Which is something I'd like to, you know, before we hang up, recommend to
0: well that I'd like to I'd like to talk to her as well. So we'll talk to you about that about that contact information. What what kind? You know, I, I guess what strikes me about this, Patty, is that I got your name from Elizabeth, whose son Noah was whose son Noah was paralyzed in that shooting. Here we go again. Uh, the DA missed the deadline to file adult charges against them, so now he's appealing. It was kicked back to juvenile court. Uh, deja vu all over again with. Scott Toops and the person that shot him, and and I rushed through this text before, and, and I want to go back to it because I think it deserves a little more time, and I take it at face value, Um I can't say what agency I work for, but I can tell you I was involved in the investigation and arrest of this kid, the one that shot Scott Toops, allegedly. The NOP and Louisiana State Police worked tirelessly the day this happened to apprehend the suspect. This included arresting the escapee in the victim's vehicle and recovering the gun. This is why the cops feel deflated working in this city. So the DA missed the deadline with the person that Scott, uh, shot Scott Toops as well, Stacy Toops, whom we spoke to a couple of times, passed away. I have to believe that this had a lot to do with her passing. Um, and here you are, just uh, somebody decided to get involved because you were a victim of crime yourself, and you see what people are going through, and it just makes me wonder what in the hell is going on with this city where, if not for you, what And and I would also ask, generally speaking, what kind of problems do you hear from people? If I'm carjacked today on the way home, what can I expect to happen? What kind of help can I expect to get from the city? And when it comes to, um, I guess, being advised of what's happening where, when, am I pretty much on my own? Is there a liaison with the city or the DA's office or the police department or something? Or is it just... Okay. Well, thank you. We got the report. Good luck.
1: Whoa, that's a lot. It's yeah. a, lo- a, a loaded but, question, and I can tell you right now that in the experiences that I've dealt with, the police are working tirelessly with their investigators. You know, the police are doing their job, and they're actually contacting the victims to let them know If there's been an arrest made, Um, you know, I'm speaking for just the victims that I'm dealing with right now, you know, and the police are doing their job. They're arresting the offenders when when possible. And then if those offenders are brought in to, you know, OPP or the Office of Juvenile Justice or the Youth Study Center, um, I it's 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 unheard of that the DA's office. As someone reach out to the victim, in time for that victim to know wh- whether or not that person is going to be held or released. Um, the victim, the victims have rights that are not being explained to them at all. There's a Louisiana Victims Bill of Rights and I won't read through it, but I'll give you the, the resources after. Part of those rights are to be notified of a defendant's arrest, release on recognizance, posting of their bond in a timely manner. It should happen on arrest. When the paperwork hits the DA's office, there should be – there are they have a master's-level social worker in each courtroom that we're paying for. And that's 12 sections of Wait, court. Go back. Magistrate S- go court. back.
0: Go back. Say that again, Patty, because I don't want people to miss that.
1: According to what I have read and what I've seen, the social worker that's assigned to each courtroom as a victim witness advocate.
0: That is paid for with taxpayers' money? Yes. Okay, go ahead.
1: Is There's for adult court. Now, there's two sections. There's adult court and there's juvenile court. Right now, we're talking about adult court. Mm -hmm. There's one in each courtroom that's supposed to be assigned to each courtroom. A through L and magistrate. They, when the paperwork hits the desk at the DA's office of the arrest and the police report, someone in that in uh, that department, I haven't been able to really get a straight answer on exactly who's responsible, but I know that the rights of the victim are that in a timely manner, they're supposed to receive an update on the arrest and the, the, the hearing, the first hearing as to the outcome, whether or not there, there was a uh, bond uh, given on that defendant, whether or not they were released, if they were released, were they re- released on their own recognizance or were they released on a bond? And none of that from the beginning is happening in a timely manner uh, in the juvenile system. It's even more bleak. Um, There's one victim witness advocate for the four sections of juvenile court. There are five juvenile judges, four sections of juvenile court, one witness, victim witness coordinator advocate. And there might be two now. They may have hired another one, but I have not. I, I would like to have a better relationship with being able to navigate people through the juvenile system. But I've kind of been told that they can't deal with third parties. So I don't know. Let me take a break.
0: Let me take a break here, Patty. Newell Norman has already said, and I'm going to spend some time with him one day that it's almost like a star chamber. It's It's so private and it's so hard to find out what the hell is going on in juvenile court and I understand you got to protect the rights of juveniles but I also understand that a lot of juveniles are committing a lot of the violent crime in the city so called juveniles older teenagers and that the victims need to be taken into account and they need to be held do the criminals to to justice and if you're going to commit an adult crime uh, you're going to have to be tried in an adult court now that brings us to the the there's a hell of a coincidence, it seems like, with Noah's case and then Scott Toop's case. We'll talk about that when we come back. And I don't know if you know of any other cases where the DA has missed a filing deadline or not. We're talking to Patty Lapierre. She's a crime victim advocate, a victim of crime herself. She doesn't get paid. She just has taken it upon herself to help people navigate, to help victims navigate the criminal justice system. Because as Newell has well pointed out, um the, the, your victims have few to any rights uh it's all weighted on to uh, on the side of the criminal which is not right but that's the way it is and we'll talk more when we come back i'm tommy tucker this is W W L five now so DA Jason Williams missed another filing deadline this time to try in adult court the juveniles who were arrested the juveniles who were arrested for shooting Scott Toops after they escaped from the bridge city center uh the same thing happened with the um shooter of noah elizabeth's son the u n o student in August, and you gotta wonder if this is um if this is a trend here, if it's incompetence, if if the D.A. is saying he's going to try him in adult court and then using this as, a, as an out, I know the D.A. does. In addition, hang on, Patty, I'm going to get to you in a second. Rafael etche has said that maybe the D.A. is spending too much time trying cases in court because he is, by all accounts, a, an excellent litigator, so much so that uh, Seanicus, Evans, Magui, and McEachin, colloquially known as S.E.M.N.M., um, they hired him to be a civil litigator. That's the, fam- the firm that defended him in his tax trial. Now, I don't know if he's working off uh, his legal fees or he's side uh, moonlighting as an attorney for them, but I don't know if the work of the DA's office is getting done. We reached out to them, got no response. Leon Canazero would often make himself available to us. We're talking to Patty LaPierre, crime victim advocate, um, Patty, as far as you know, are there any other cases where the DA missed the deadline after saying he was going to file, uh, adult charges against juveniles?
1: Not that I'm working with right now, Tommy. I, I think the only way reason we know about these two is because of you all and the media.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and unless it's something that's been highlighted in the media, um, or the victim has, has been made aware of it. I don't know of any, but I do know that this is unacceptable. The DA's job is to do just a few simple things, prosecute criminal cases, advocate for victims and witnesses, and keep them protected. And none of this is happening. Uh, the, the hearing that the deadline was missed was it's called a 305 transfer hearing from juvenile to adult I am not a lawyer I have never taken a, a law course in my life but I can read the children's code and article 305 says that you have 30 days from the date of arrest to indictment and to, you know where the There is a bill of information or a grand jury indictment of that juvenile to where they find cause to bring transfer him to arrest. I mean, to adult. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a pattern, it seems, which is disturbing. One time is disturbing, but two times is unacceptable. And I think any business that had an employee missed a critical deadline like this, they wouldn't be there for very long so this is something that is everybody should be upset about and i you know don't know the answer to it other than the victims need to know they can they have more power than they know from the beginning they they may feel helpless as a victim but they've been given the power to make the difference in their court case and, and when it comes to juveniles, the juvenile crime, these victims are the only people that have the opportunity to help make a change in this juvenile's life. They can see into the court case. They can see what type of of program the kid's going to be put into. They can they can make a difference. And and the irony is that you know in the the community. The communities who are needing the help with the youth offenders, with with the policies being soft on crime, these troubled youth don't don't have the opportunity to get the help and be you know they're put back into the community where they're allowed to continue continue the the crimes and then the crimes they start off small but they elevate very quickly to violent crimes. And it's not fair to the youth as well. So the the victims can make a difference if they're allowed if they're allowed to be able to participate more. And they're the only ones who can know in the juvenile system. But there's one important takeaway I want y'all to to, to know that is not being it's not being um, addressed addressed at all is that Juvenile crimes of violence in the Children's Code, juvenile crimes of violence, are open to the public. The hearings are open to the public. So if people want to get involved, if you have someone in your neighborhood or someone in your church or someone, anyone, you hear of a crime by a juvenile that's a violent crime, you're allowed to go to those hearings. And it's it, that's the only time where there's no it there should not be secret. And so but no one tells anybody this. And uh, it, it just it's. This has got this, this is out of hand and, and until the victims are given more power or um, allowed to know the power they have, it, the secrecy is going to continue.
0: Patty, we're about out of time, and I hope we can talk to you again. Tell me the book you were mentioning about victims and navigating the system.
1: It's written by Rose Preston. It's called Crime Survivor's Guidebook, and it's um, very thorough. It's got uh, how the criminal legal process works, and it's in lay terms, how it's supposed to work. And um, I, I, do hope, I do hope that, you know, the— the victim assistance coordinators find a way to get a hold of the the cases early and start contacting these victims and and allow them the right that they're that they deserve because they've been through enough and um, you know this is this is unacceptable.
0: Amen. Thank you, Patty, and God bless you for what you're doing. I, I think it's a remarkable thing, and, and you're not getting paid to do this, and, and you just see a need, and the people that are getting paid to do it apparently aren't. Thank you, ma'am. We'll talk to you again Thank soon. You. you. bet. Thank
1: you, Tommy.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Patty LaPere, crime victim advocate. You heard it. I, I can't. Any-